welcome to episode 14 of Destroyed Before Listening, which is a break from the usual, more formal interview style this time around. The episode here is a look at film, more specifically the folk horror movie genre, with Che Lawrence, who played in the band's Bob Tilton tribute and coffin pricks. All of his musical life is discussed at length in episode 9 if you want to hear more about his background. He is also a big fan of the horror genre and October is a good month to discuss this stuff. The folk horror genre is usually based around three famous Hammer films, Wicker Man, Blood on Satan's Claw and Witchfinder General. We take things from there and end up with some unusual twists and turns. The opportunity to talk about films like this hadn't really arisen until Che and I talked about things more recently and realised our mutual love for the horror genre. I've been wanting to do a more conversational episode like this that branches away from Strictly Music for some time now. There will hopefully be a more varied output as of this episode because I don't want to limit the scope to just music. The initial intent a year ago was to be more like a magazine, but that has unfortunately drifted. Anyway, please subscribe and let other people know this thing exists. Word of mouth is great, or you can follow on Instagram at Destroy Before Listening. Thanks. Folk horror. Well, it's a folk horror revival, I suppose, because it's films I, w- I would have watched or known about more like 15 years ago. Just the that hammer stuff, the Blood on Satan's Claw, Witchfinder General, and Wicker Man. Yeah, those are the three that old people always say, you know, kind of well, set so it off, right? It was a guy, Adam Scoville, he wrote a book on it and like popularized the kind of the idea. And that was, I guess, the past four or five years, really. Less that's become more of a thing. And now you'd mentioned about the Severin box set of just 15 disc world spanning sort of stuff, things have dug up from everywhere of, of these uh, folk related films. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting thing because I when I think of folk horror, I think mostly of like you know English folk horror. Yeah, you know, I think you know folk horror. I instantly think Wicked Man, mm-hmm. but more recently, you know, I think Midsummer. I yeah. did a really good twist on that, but that you know it's American film, but it's set in Europe. It's set in you know Sweden. Yeah, uh, but I often think you know you know there's there's a lot of other films throughout the world that are doing you know, themes about ancient religion and, uh, you know, making horror films that are related to that, especially, you know, like in, in, in the Far East and whatnot. Like uh, Kwaidan, Oni Baba as well, those two films. Kurosawa, uh, Throne of Blood as well, which is, I didn't realise I was when I was watching that, that it was about halfway through and I was like, oh, this is this is fucking Macbeth, isn't it? And you look down and there's this kind of like uh, shimmering, you know, the, the forest, the moving forest. I suppose that's the aspect in those films. Yeah, no, of, for sure. Of, of the land. Yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely kind of a, a touch of the supernatural in a lot of those films, even when they're not like yeah. explicitly supernatural. Dreamlike, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And although it's not really a folk horror film, uh, have you seen The Wailing? No, I haven't seen that. No. That's I would I would definitely put that on your list to check out. It's. Uh, I th- I don't want to say, I think it's a Thai film, maybe Korean. Sorry, sorry, everyone. But uh, it definitely has elements that you would, without giving spoilers, you would recognize from, you know, films like Blood and Satan's Claw. It's about a very small, small town and, uh, you know, the evil that kind of encroaches upon it. Similar kind of themes, I would say definitely check that one out. It's, it's It's a good one. 
Yeah, so Adam Scoville, he mentions this uh, definition, which is a chain of like, there's there's four things that kind of define it as a, I suppose, a genre film, mm-hmm. um, a folk horror film. And that's like the, like a, lo- the location where it's shot. Yeah. And like rural, obviously, forests or wherever it is. Yeah, so it's location, like where it's shot. Yeah. Uh, the landscape, land, like rural setting. And then there's like the uh, isolated groups, which would be the people in that setting and, you know, the locals, which in all of those films, reason the kind of the outsider is uh, um, viewed upon with suspicion, especially yeah. from the city or something, you know, that goes to Texas Chainsaw Massacre or somewhere, somewhere like a film like that, you know. And skewed morals or beliefs, which is obviously the pagan aspect of the Satanism, the occult. Which which is funny because because that does kind of relate back to uh, to like you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A lot of those kind of American films of the seventies, these kind of films like Deliverance and Southern Comfort and Hills of Eyes and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. they all they all kind of check the boxes for, uh, for yeah. folk horror and that definition. Except religion probably doesn't come into it. I think uh, you know kind of ancient religion. Seems yeah. to be, uh, you know, a theme of, of folk horror, but they all kind of have this like it's like a Venn diagram, and they're all kind of you know overlapping a great deal there. Yeah, oh, you mentioned uh, Southern Comfort. I'd never thought of that one. I, just, I absolutely love that film. It's amazing. So, yeah, it's what, a great film. What the hell, isn't it? It's like it's one of his films after Warriors, or it's like early eighties, isn't it? Is it eighty two, eighty three? Is it? I always think of it as a as a seventies film, but I haven't seen it in forever. So yeah, you're it's probably a, it's right. A, it's an early eighties, yeah. Um, but well, the fourth element is the supernatural or violent happenings, which more often than not, there's a kind of a, a climactic event. You know, someone getting burnt or like you know hanged. Yeah, someone last someone. That's the kind of culmination, isn't it? Like the the, the event at the end, like the the sacrifice. Yeah, I don't know. And and again, coming back to horror films, I was just really wondering where something like the Blair Witch Project oh, would yeah. fit into that. That's that's because that's pretty close to the definition. Well, that is. That's I suppose that's more specific to what we're going to talk about. Well, yeah, that's. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's like the. I would say that's the kind of what's the ground zero for like the found footage thing, isn't it? Because before I guess that, you're right. I don't really know of anything before that, but at the time that kind of had the build up before it, didn't it? There was like, like there was a website, wasn't there, for it before? Yeah, they did a lot of a lot of funky marketing for that as well. They like planted like you know fake stories yeah. about about the Blair Witch on the internet yeah. for, for people to get get nutty about, and then they released the film. So yeah, the marketing for that film was was pretty clever. Yeah, so that's only like nineteen. That's ninety nine, isn't it? So I remember seeing seeing that at the cinema when it came out. Yeah, I did as well. I remember me and my friends. I went to see it, and we. It was we pretty shocking it. for the time. It was like, oh, that's a completely yeah. different take on horror and the idea of what's frightening and scary, and you know. Yeah, I remember. I definitely liked it back in the day. And you're right; it was it's kind of the ground zero. There isn't an awful lot before that. There's this indie American film about UFOs. I always forget the name of it. But that it's not even a full film. It's like a forty-five minute short film. Yeah, about a family being terrorized by a UFO. It's all like shot on 
VHS camera. Yeah. And there's like Cannibal Holocaust as well, which is found footage. It, it uses the found footage really well, but it's not all found footage. They, I've just thought, I just thought of another one there. There's Man Bites Dog as well, which is more. Oh well, yeah, yeah. That's a bit more kind of horrific than it is. Uh, you know, the kind of it sort of follows a serial killer, and it's more like a snuff film in a way, isn't it? You see his, the the violence and him killing people and families and things, and yeah, then just being being really like joking about it as well. I remember that one being quite dark. I haven't seen that one in forever as well. Yeah, there's also Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, but oh, I, don't, I can't remember when that came out. When did that come out? That's, Around the same time? But no, bit no, no, that's like 19, that's mid 80s, that's 1986. Uh, that's another really, really, I, I remember seeing that one when I was younger because I think it was when uh, maybe early, mid 90s, when those sort of films were getting video releases or they were finally coming out, you know, like years later. Yeah. Because uh, that's like, 86 that's like mid 80s and that's that's michael rooker isn't it i mean he's huge these days yeah that's just like a really in terms of serial killer films i think that's just i don't know that's the best for me i put like it's pretty bleak i remember that i it's one of those films i watched once and i was like i don't need to watch that again and i never did <laughs> if it still has an effect on you thinking about years later then it's like it was obviously effective yeah yeah, it did its job. That's for sure. I remember when I first came over to Chicago, I wanted to go to Lower Wacker Drive <laughs> because there's a scene in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer set on Lower Wacker Drive, and I was like, "Yep, I've been here." Is that the sort of the the underpass? Yeah, or is it the, under the... there's a there's this Wacker Drive, and there's two roads built on top of each other. Yeah. So you have the lower one and the upper one, and the lower ones is you've probably seen it in a bunch of different movies, like you know the recent. The, the Batman movies, uh, Christopher Nolan ones. Uh, so it's like a, it's a it's a you know a road, but it's it's underground, and that's uh, yeah when they filmed the scene in uh, Henry Portrait, a serial killer. Yeah, because he just like shoots the uh, uh, a motorist, doesn't he? Just like kills. Yeah. Just randomly like <laughs> kills someone. Yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty grim. Horrible. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so we we got up on a tangent here, but we did, yeah. But- it's a, a that's okay because that's you know that's a kind of it's a good tangent to go on because it's yeah. stuff stuff that you don't think of that I hadn't thought of and you've got a different perspective because you know you lived in the UK and then you lived in America and you, you can say that I <laughs> would be that would be the kind of thing that I would want to do though you know it's like Chicago all right fuck uh, Candyman or something or uh, yeah that's Chicago as well isn't it. It is, yeah, but you know, when when I moved Fictional. to Chicago, uh, yeah, Cabrini Green, which is where Candyman was originally located, it's not there anymore. They knocked it down. It's now like a bunch of like middle class, like uh, shopping places, like Whole Foods and whatnot, where you can buy overpriced kale. Yeah, but I, th- I think that's something they talk about in the new. I haven't seen the new Candyman film yet. I haven't I think, seen that either. No. I think that's something they addressed that uh, the old Cabrini Green has been knocked down and the area has been like gentrified now. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the themes. I, uh, I do want to see the new Candyman just to get a feel for it. Because I remember I, when I first came here, we would drive around Cabrini Green and it was rough. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but I'd be like, yeah, this is where, this is where they filmed Candyman. Yeah. It, made, it made total sense because it, it, was, it was, like I said, it was a very rough area at the time. Well, in a way, that's... Well, that's a folk horror as well, isn't it? I hadn't thought of that either. I mean, that, in a way, that would... 
It kind of is, yeah. That sort of ticks the boxes. I mean, it's urban, but it's still like the isolation. I mean, it's never. It doesn't look heavily populated in the yeah. film, does it? You know, it just looks pretty desolate, and there's whole like floors of you know out that are empty, and there's people that are just. That, that's you know. the kind of way it was. It was just these, these, you know, these towers that just got so, you know, effed up over time. That yeah. They're just kind of unlivable, and there's just a few people living there, and it's, they're just like ghost towns. Mm-hmm. It's just, just in a really nasty environment. Yeah. But yeah, it's like this kind of, these kind of African American slave uh, kind of folk tales that yeah. kind of come to life, which is yeah, an interesting twist on the whole folk folk horror. Genre, well, I guess. It, it seems to be more of a, a cohesive genre or something now, or, or more of a. There's more films can be tied in that aren't just random one offs now. You can kind of see a, a line through. Yeah, yeah. I idea. mean, I, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, originally when people were talking about folk art, it was just kind of very formalized as like, you know, an, an English kind of phenomenon about, you know, like paganism or something, you yeah. know, and how it would, you know, it was reaching forward into, you know, more modern times and, uh, you know, affecting people there. But it doesn't have to be. It can be about any any number of, you know, of religions. It doesn't have to be about paganism versus Christianity. Yeah. I mean, like in, in America, American uh, uh, horror movies, I think, you know, the old trope about, old native american spirits and burial grounds is, is oh, kind yeah. of it's kind of a cheesy trope but it's kind of the same thing you know it's not paganism it's just like you know no 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 native american religions and how they would kind of bang up against modern times like in poltergeist which the is mm-hmm. the is the one that everyone always brings up but it's kind of a it's kind of a cheesy trope that uh, keeps popping up from time to time yeah i guess over here it, it it's the past like decade because people put the uh like the films ben wheatley made like beginning with kill list and sightseers and a field in england is supposed is well seen as like a, a newer trilogy or i or concept for what it is now i know i know he doesn't necessarily take on that idea that it's you know it, it's folk horror but it i guess it's because it, it is or they are films that relate to the land and the landscape, and it's more the vibe is more that yeah. of like a, an esoteric sort of ideas. Yeah, I know what you mean. I haven't seen all of Ben Wheatley's films. I still haven't seen Kill List. Sorry, everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. but I've seen a field in England. And I liked it a lot. Uh, well, that that one is is that the English Civil War, isn't it? Yeah, it's the one where a bunch of Civil War soldiers and they eat a bunch of mushrooms and yeah. have a crazy trip. And it, yeah, it's not really a folk horror as such because there's no real kind of there's no real kind of religion involved. It's just kind of yeah, a bunch of guys arguing amongst themselves, really. Yeah. But it, it does have a, a that, feel. that feeling. I saw Sightseers recently, and I hadn't. I remember, you know, when it came out or whatever, and I was thinking, oh, I, I don't know. It just sounds a bit. Bizarre. I don't really. I'm not really that interested. And then when I did see it, it's that's all. It is another just a strange idea. But it's the. It's not so much there. It's just it, it's the setting, maybe the location. But yeah, that doesn't. It doesn't really tick the boxes of of a. A, a folk horror either. 
Yeah, I, I actually watched that film last week because uh, yeah. I was just on I was on like one of the streaming services over here, and I typed in Ben Wheatley and seeing what films came up. Yeah, and that was one of them. And I remember reading about it at the time, and I thought I don't want to watch this. It just sounds like a wacky, yeah, wacky UK comedy. And it's just dark. But I watched it, and it was it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a fun film, and it had the the lady from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place in it. I was like, oh, okay, this, this is going to be good. And yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, but yeah, it did it did have a that feeling because you know he, he had lots of like long lingering shots, like panning across the English countryside, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is good. And um, Kill List, I know you haven't seen it, but that's uh, I suppose the the isolation thing or the the that would be the isolated groups, wouldn't it? Which is the, because it re, it feels very like from the perspective of, of one person or like one two people's experience that it in situation that they find themselves in, which is basically they are like hitmen knocking off this uh, members of a, a kind of a, I suppose elite pedophile ring. And so they have no problem in like going after these people and executing them. And then there's this, the ending where it's a bit, it's all a bit like a eyes wide shut mm-hmm. sort of vibe. The, uh, what's it? Bohemian Grove, you know, the worship, the, the owl and stuff. Right. It's, it's all those like weird burning and masks, like setting fire thing, you know, fires and masks groups. Yeah, it sounds a bit like weird cool. rituals kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, just yeah. Speaking of which, did you see in the earth his his latest film? I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. No. Yeah, that's that's that would probably want be a good one for the list. It's kind of like a a folk horror meets like a seventies hard sci fi, like Phase Four or the Andromeda right. Strain or something, or like an environmental sci fi, like uh, that old BBC series Edge of Darkness. It's, mm-hmm. it's good. It's got like a I don't want to spoil it, but it has a lot yeah. of uh, has a lot of kind of folky rituals in it. Plus, add plus kind of like a hard sci-fi kind of angle about like forests being neural networks. It's pretty good. It's it's not it's not as good as Build in England or uh, the Science Series. It get, kind of gets a bit goofy at the end with all its all its crazy visuals. Yeah. But it's it's worth a watch. Okay. Um- <laughs> went off on a tangent there as well so do you want to try discussing well let's attack one of these films okay yeah originally i'd asked you about the idea um because i saw uh, there was like three films that, over the past sort of 10 years that they're all completely separate films at separate times in separate places like and I, they have different a different identity or ideas like in the films, but the fact that they found footage was what I thought was interesting because there was the, you know, people discuss these, the Ben Wheatley films, which seem to be quite abstract, but these aren't, these aren't abstract films. Well, they're pretty, there, there is an idea and it follows like a narrative and it's just the way in, that it's constructed or filmed. The, the the presentation it, it kind of I found it interesting just thinking about the idea you know yeah yeah no I know what you mean these these films are I mean they're all they're all 
Are they all found footage? I'm trying to think. I guess they are all found footage, aren't they? Yeah, they're all meant to be. Think about it. Yeah. Which, which one do you want to start with? Because I've got uh, Cronewood from 2016, uh, Borderlands, which is 2013, and uh, like Hollow, which is 2011. We could do Hollow or Cron- I'll tell you which one I like the best. And okay, it was, yeah. Uh, but it was Borderlands. Yeah. Do you want to say, save that one to last? So we'll probably save that one for last. Okay. Um, the Hollow and Cronewood, uh, I didn't like as much. I think I like Cronewood more because it mm-hmm. was cause it was really trying. The Just Hollow trying, was, did you say? It was <laughs> trying. You know, they, they, I, I oh, get the brain okay. that the, 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 the cast and crew were trying their best. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, not trying in like it's trying yeah. my patience. No, like, not yeah. like limited means of making a, a a film that's. Yeah. Well, it's it's certainly like gripping. I didn't not want. I just I didn't feel when I watched it. I was like, you know, fuck this. I don't. I'm not interested. I was like, oh, I want to see where this goes and what's happening because not really a lot happens and for maybe two thirds of the film. Would you say? Yeah, it's pretty quiet. So like we we talking about let's talk about Cranwood. Yeah. No. Yeah, Cranwood. Yeah. Do you want to out, out, outline the the plot? So the plot of Cranwood, uh, it's uh, it's without, a, without uh, the ending. I suppose we don't want to. Spoil okay. The well, it's a it's a pretty simple setup, although I think I missed out on how the two characters met. But it's uh, well, it's me too. That was the thing I missed. I was like, hold on, these two people are now like a, a couple, and they're in. They've decided to go off in like. I think it's November or something into the middle of nowhere and kind of it's Southern Ireland is the setting. Yeah. And they just kind of fuck off in it in a tent. Yeah. I was, I was confused camping. as well. I was, I was like, how these two people just met and there's yeah. a, there's a, there's an English guy, right? And an Irish girl. Yeah. And they're in Ireland. Was he English? No, he's, he's Irish as well. He's it's, Irish too. So there's two, Irish, two Irish, Irish, Irish boy, Irish girl. Yeah. Uh, twenty in early twenties, young people. They've just met, I guess, and they decide to go off on an adventure, which is camping in, in the, the Irish countryside. Uh, without spoiling it, the end and the ending does relate to how it kind of happens so fast, or the meeting. I get. I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess it does. I guess they met really quickly, and that would explain it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah. So I guess they've got together, uh, and they decide to go camping. Just for the hell of it, at her suggestion, I guess. Yeah. In the in the Irish countryside, and I gotta say, you know, as much of all these all these films rely on on the countryside to a certain extent. Well, actually, Cromwell and Hollow, but the photography in this film is really nice looking for a low budget yeah, yeah. film. It's yeah. the 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 Irish countryside looks looks nice. I'm like, I would like to go for a walk there. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it starts off pretty well, I would say. Uh, both of the actors, the They're man and the woman, they, they seem pretty natural. They have a good rapport. Um, after the one of the other films, which I won't mention, <coughs> Hollow, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, I was like, this is yeah. good. They, they, they draw me in, but because the you know the, these characters seem natural, they seem to you know have a good rapport. It seems naturalistic, so I was kind of drawn in from the beginning. So yeah, they go off on uh, you know a, a camping trip together to get to know one another, and uh, they encounter something a little odd. Well, it, it's the ruin as well. Is it? It's an yeah. old ruin of some kind. Of, I, I don't. It's not a castle. It's like a house, isn't it? And they they kind of they, they hear stuff, and then they go and check it out like late at night. 
you know, someone wakes them up, doesn't it? And they go for it, or they're looking around this ruin late on, and there's kind of strange things. Or there's someone appears, isn't there? There's an yeah, appearance. There's, there's there's a guy in in, in a in a funky a funky mask wakes them up in the middle of the night or something. Yeah, and they they decide that they want to find out what's going on instead of you know being like a normal person and just <laughs> leaving just legging it <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah it's a horror film so you know they decide to investigate and yeah it, yeah it goes from there uh and as they investigate stuff goes missing doesn't it from there oh that's right where, someone next to the tent yeah that's that's normally what happens in these sort of films like the kind of uh you know something goes missing doesn't it and like who did this who did that you know it'll be we've got to find out it'll there'll be a, a rational explanation yeah so they kind of like follow to see obviously they end up in someone's house don't they they end up in there yeah the exact same thing happens in uh in in the earth as well just like okay they don't actually they don't nick the tent but they nick the shoes but yeah <laughs> that's so they're wandering around and uh looking for their tent and they yeah getting lost and then they come across the first house they find in the morning and this is where it lost me a little bit when the guy was like oh i'm just gonna go walk inside this house to to see i was like no people (laughs) no you you don't do this this is not a good idea no especially uh, when with this there's the sort of the the nods to or there's the idea of the green man isn't it the kind of yeah this, this, this ancient sort of Sort of like an old pagan concept, isn't it? The, uh, the yeah, fertility no, rights and stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not all up on that on that kind of thing about uh, you know the green man and all that. But uh, yeah, I guess you're right. It's like a ancient fertility thing. Yeah. So they're going in this because house. it is because it it ends up with the uh, that group that they do run into when they do make it out of this house and they turn out to be. Like witches, don't they? Yeah. What's like Spoil- a spoiler alert, by the way, if you if yeah. you're if you're listening to this podcast, turn off now if you want to watch Crown Wood. Yeah, but then it gets weird. It gets weirder at, at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if they hadn't gone in the house, there wouldn't have been a movie. So you have to just kind of forgive them that. That's that's always the problem with the, you know found footage POV stuff. It's like if it was a normal film, you can kind of gloss over stupid decisions by characters with, with like pacing and editing but with these kind of films that kind of move at a snail's pace it makes you kind of question the bad decisions like every every second i'm like why are you doing this yeah turn around leave the house and go to the next house i think you'd mentioned uh, midsummer as well and that's a, a similar thing isn't it like a, a, a sort of isolated uh, yeah. cult, cult or group of people who have like a ritual sort of like a ritualistic like fertility thing that they want to do obviously i think there's a it's not as fucked up in this film but no no but you know midsummer had weird. a bigger budget for like you know gross gross effects like old people jumping off, off cliffs, cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so, but the, the budget is a lot smaller you know there's you know i think there's like there's like only one bloody shot and it's just like a person holding a a knife handle in their guts yeah. but they i think they do a lot with with the limited means it's it's easy to be critical about a film like Cronwood. yeah but i think i think they do a lot with with what they have which is pr- pretty much you know mm-hmm. pretty minimal here so yeah mm-hmm. they, they go into the house and they find all this 
green man stuff and then they realize that the house is where the the guys that they saw in the uh, in the masked masked locals they they live and it kind of goes south from there but yeah i mean it's uh it's it's really really not bad i i feel i had the the movie itself had a kind of like uh uh even though the the production values were lacking it had the kind of uh, enthusiasm of like uh you know a good uh like a local theater production where everyone was just kind of really into it yeah i think well, Chromewood is an actual place as well, which is a good title for a film as well. I think I thought I was just like, oh, Chromewood, this sounds, you know, it sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah. I just want to check no. it out. So, yeah, and I'm just trying to think, well, what? Oh, yeah, and they, then they do this fertility ritual with the, with the guy. It turns out he's been lured, lured there by by the girl who's yeah. part of this little cult sect. Yeah. And, yeah. And the movie ends with him being murdered. Maybe I think they they left that pretty ambiguous, right? I don't know what's what's what would you be your, your kind of final rating of the uh, the, the film? No, oh, it's hard to say. I don't. Know. I mean, like if you go in expecting a you know production values and a slick yeah kind of production, then you're probably going to be disappointed. But I mean, it, it's it's kind of a an archetypal tale, of, you know, about a guy. I mean, it's basically the Wicker Man. Yeah, it's, okay. you know, it's a, a naive young man being drawn into, uh, you know, uh, a, a ritual, Events. a fertility ritual, and you know, getting in over his head. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good, a solid seven. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's a bad movie at all. I think, uh, I think it's. Uh, the enthusiasm of everyone involved is uh, is pretty pretty apparent. So it's kind of easy to get drawn into it. Yeah, I think if uh, regarding like ratings, you see there's ratings for everything, you know, and it's especially films, and you and you think, oh, like not many people rate it or whatever. But like, I don't think many people would particularly like rate these films, like give them high scores and everything. But it's pretty easy to like just like shit on someone's creation really easy and be dismissive but it is like a, a budget film that you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna get like it's not gonna be you know it's not gonna blow you away amazing but it's gonna i don't know it's hopefully it'll have a effect of some kind or you won't feel like you've wasted your time completely uh, because it's creative there's a it, there's a certain like like tricks and techniques to, to, to create an atmosphere or create a, a, an idea that it's bigger than, you know, just some camera, like two handle cameras or something. Yeah. I mean, and the way I look at it, because I, I went to film school and I've never made a full length movie. I've never been involved in making a full length, you know, narrative film. Mm-hmm. I've just made like short films. And I know from experience that even making short films, just like getting people together, uh, filming them, editing them all the post-production stuff is just such a huge amount of work and such a huge pain in the ass that it's just like if someone has actually you know managed on a low budget to come together and get people to film these films and then like do all the work to kind of put it together and get it out there yeah uh, you know i feel i feel i feel they've done something worthwhile and i i I really like 
shitty, low-budget horror films. And when I say shitty, I mean it in the most respectful way possible. But, like, you know, like, even, like, German trash, like Premutas or Burning Moon, I love those films. Uh, so what people would say is the kind of the lowest of the low. I think there's, there's genuine merit in all of them because even even the lowest of the low have like a huge amount of work that's gone into them. Yeah. I think uh, the fact this film, it's taken like five years to come into, to be streamable or uh, for people to be able to buy it or whatever is another thing. It's like distribution for these things. Yeah. Because no, it, that, that's, that's hard too. Yeah. I, I didn't, I just didn't know, but this, this is like a, it's an old film at this point, but it's only now that it's like it come. It's it's availability. It just yeah. seems a bit of a a bit of a waste in some respects because if I was the person that made the film, I'd be like, it'd just be bugging us that it wasn't out there, and the fact that it taken so long to kind of take hold. Yeah. But you know, you know, when you you secure financing for these things, they probably had contracts with other folks that they had to clear before they get it on streaming. And I mean, I know from experience that you know, even the the, the simplest of endeavors like you know putting out a punk record, it, it you know when it comes to like you know getting the rights, it can be it can be a real challenging thing just to kind of clear things. But uh, hello, I can't, Do- hello. Hello. So, <laughs> no, so, I was just saying hollow. Hollow. Oh, right. Do you want to move on to hollow? Oh, hollow. Yeah. <laughs> hollow. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> let's do let's do hollow. So hollow. Like, I kind of I'll I'll give an outline of this from what I remember because I sort of there's elements that are a bit I've maybe blurred or I've forgot a bit of, but this is a the, another setup again. This film. Well, this is like an old one now. It's just like ten years old, twenty eleven, and it's a couple, isn't it, who go away to kind of before a wedding, I think, isn't it? Yeah, to, to, to a relative's house, and then things kind of start happening in terms of. Uh, you know, being being the the feeling of being like stalked or like hunted by something. Yeah. A haunting. This it's the tree, isn't it? That yeah, it's That's it's the star it's of all the film. about the tree. Yeah, it's about it's the, the tree. Star. Yeah. And the tree's more interesting than the most of the characters in the film, unfortunately. Well, it's probably like <laughs> hundreds of years old. It's probably like a couple of thousand. Well, I don't know. Because there's some old trees around, isn't there? There's ones that are like hundreds of thousands, like. 2,000, 3,000 years old trees. Yeah, I mean, it's a good-looking tree. They managed to find a good-looking tree for this movie. Yeah. They probably found the tree first and then thought, let's make a movie about the tree. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I remember when I was younger, because it's set in East Anglia, and I'm from East Anglia, and... There are when I was a kid, you know, whenever we saw a spooky old tree, of you know, there were tons of spooky. I lived in the countryside, so there were tons of spooky old trees like that around. It was always a witch tree, you know. It was like we called it a witch, a witch tree, and mm-hmm. just like any old house was a haunted house when you're a kid. Any yeah. old tree when when you're a kid is a witch tree. So yeah. it did kind of remind me of that. Is the three people? Is the two couples in this film? Three people. I, 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 I can't I remember. Found, 
I found that endlessly confusing because yeah. there's 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 a uh, sports guy, macho guy. Yeah. And he's he's engaged to get married to to brunette. Oh girl, right, it's it's I two think? it's it's two couples, isn't it? And one of them's always filming. Yeah, and then there's then yeah. there's quiet nerdy guy, and he's always filming for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then they pick up blonde girl. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, and I don't know. I didn't know if nerdy guy and blonde girl were a couple. They do. They do. They have like a. They do. Do they do like take ease or like do like snort coke or something as well? Let's have some kind of. There, there was a really embarrassing scene where they snort, snort cocaine and yeah. and just kind of get crazy. But I, the whole thing really confused me. I was like, what, are the, what is the relationship between these characters? But then I was like, I don't really care because they're all annoying. Yeah. I hope they die soon. Well, they did. that's they did. what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's this, this spirit of the tree, which, you know, the locals don't really want to talk about. I think there's the, the goat with like a... Oh, there's a, a vicar or something, isn't there? Is there a, oh, that's right. Yeah, there's a, a vicar church. who's like who's a little reticent to talk about things. Yeah, and then they find like her is it her granddad's like notes or something of this. That's right. And her relative was the previous vicar, and he yeah. has all these notes on the tree, and I guess all these cuttings about folks who who hung themselves uh, on the tree. Yeah, it's like a suicide tree, as that's right. Yeah, yeah, which is which is weird because the branches aren't that high. But mm. okay, but uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I I, did, I thought those the characters were just just so annoying. I just I just I was like, oh god, yeah, they just spent the entire time arguing with one another. And then the the usual sort of like things going missing and screaming and like you know the the ideas that they. The Blair Witch laid out, I suppose, is is what they they're probably pitching for something like that around the, when when they did it. But uh, again, it's like limited means, more so than probably Chromewood in terms of. I, I suppose what the the gear they would have been using ten years ago, they must have just been using like digital cameras and handhelds, a bit more accessible. Yeah, no, I think you know, in in terms in terms of production values, it was pretty good. It was probably better than Chrome Wood. I think. I think where it lost me is that is that the uh, the characters. I didn't. I didn't. They kind of felt like to begin with before they even opened their mouths. They were like cliched Scooby Doo characters, where you've got the the nerd and uh, the jock and uh, the yeah. nerdy girl and the pretty girl and. But then you know, as soon as they opened their mouth, they just started arguing, and I was like, uh but Cromwell didn't have that problem because all the 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 characters felt more naturalistic. But in this, I was like, I think you need some strong characters who you can kind of relate to, and you kind of you know want to. You feel like you 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 want them to succeed at least in their endeavors. But these guys, I didn't like at all. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they just reminded me of some annoying folks from my from my yeah. younger years in yeah, East Anglia. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. But but yeah. But it, it wasn't helped by the fact that the director just kind of, like, it seemed like arbitrarily every now and again, he would just end shots with, like, a loud noise and the camera waving around. And I was like, did something happen there? Did I miss something? I was yeah. like, no. It was just the shot ended in the loud noise and the camera waving around. And, and at the end of the film, when they're all in the car or the – the, the, oh, right, the yeah. brunette girl's in the car and she's afraid and there's stuff going on around the car. 
the camera's pointed at the footwell in the car. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> maybe they did this in Blair Witch Project, but it was like pointing at some like some spooky twigs in the forest. And, but you pointing at the footwell of a like you know a Toyota Rav Four, it's just not the same vibe. <laughs> I, was, I was just like. By the end of it, I was just like, "Oh God, does it die?" And and they did, and then the film ended. So I, I don't think they directed directed anything else along. Yeah, I, I don't think he did because I was looking, and there's none of them. None of these people seem to do anything. If if have done anything similar or followed up, I know. Uh, well, the next film, The Borderlands, the director did other stuff, not in the same like found footage idea, but you know the. I think you know there was there was definitely something there to build upon. I mean, they uh, like I said, the production values weren't that bad, and but I, I think you know if they got like you know a different script and and a different cast and maybe a different director, <laughs> <laughs> different film. No, yeah, but the, the tree. The, there's some. Yeah, the tree was great. You know, give the give the tree a starring role, but. Uh, so give, yeah. give the tree a, a good high rating. So it's a, it's a good rating for the tree. So you know, if you're into trees, check that out. Yeah, if you're in, if you're into spooky, it's a good spooky tree film. If yeah. you like spooky trees, I'm trying to think of other things about spooky <laughs> trees. I can't think of another spooky tree film. Maybe Poltergeist has a spooky tree in it. Yeah, but it's not a real tree. It's a fake tree. Okay. And it reminded me. Of, do, you, do you know uh, Mr. James? The, oh yeah, yeah. I was going to bring that 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 whole. Uh, that's the ash def- tree. Oh yeah, that's that is it. Right, that is a creepy. Yeah, you got one there. That's definitely a creepy tree. Yeah, but I, I remember I, I thought about that when I was like, oh, it's a movie about a spooky tree. And I thought, yeah, the ash tree. But the ash tree's got like a witch in it and and a bunch of spiders. But yeah, still a spooky tree. Yeah, a similar kind of thing. You know, I, I think I think a spooky tree is a spooky tree is a good story. You know, there's a good story to tell about a spooky tree there. But yeah. uh, I don't know if, if this movie did a good job. I don't think he did a terrible job. I think I think I was just annoyed by the characters, and that's probably a personal thing with me. So yeah, okay. Well, then um, mentioning M. R. James, we can bring up the uh, ghost stories for Christmas because they're all like a, a kind of run through the seven throughout the seventies. Is whistle and I'll come to you, and uh, one of the curious. Uh, there's like ash tree. Uh, there's a bunch of M. R. James adaptations and then yeah. there's the more modern ones as well which are also like uh just all good like contained stories aren't they yeah and i haven't seen all those because i know i know they just started up recently uh from my, my english friends told me that they started doing them again yeah there was uh fuck i can't remember there was uh i watched the tractate Middeth. yeah which, that was which that was the more good. recent that was the more recent one i think yeah in the library yeah, yeah, yeah. About the, about the book with the uh, and the and the curse. Yeah, and, uh, the, the guy who left his house to his evil evil nephew or something, something like that. Anyway, but I remember the uh, in the book the the guy gets attacked by spiders. But he, yeah, yeah, it's a fun story. It's like I think out of all those films, I would well, they're all worth worth a watch. I think the ghost stories. Uh, for Christmas, the one for me is one of the curious. You know, that's would have been set in your neck of the woods as well. Well, Norfolk. Which which one's that? It's one like on the coast. It's it's the one where he goes. He finds like a Saxon crown, and um, he goes. He's an archaeologist and he digs and he finds a an old crown which is protected by 
a sort of a, a spirit or a ghost of oh, yeah, this guy that, that, one. That, that sort of haunts him. Yeah, I need to. I need to find that one. I have. Yeah, I haven't seen all of them. Uh, no, I think didn't BFI put them out on Blu-ray? Yeah, there's or there's, there's a set. I think DVDs. There was a set maybe like ten odd years ago, and yeah. that's got that's got them all. Because uh, I think there was about it's about ten. I know there's a few, and I I I meant to watch them all, but uh, maybe this Christmas I'll sit down. Yeah, and that watch would be them all. that would be a good 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 watch because those. Uh, Whistling and I'll come to you as well. That's um, that's just I've another. Seen that. the that's old, that's another, black and white, right? Yeah, that's another like creepy, isolated. It's Michael Horden is the kind of yeah. That, that's a very that probably fills all the the kind of boxes of the folk horror these these films. Doesn't he get attacked by his by his bed sheets at the end or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one. Yeah, because there was a guy, uh, an author wrote a book uh, called uh, Ghostland. It's Edward Parnell, a guy who he, he kind of intertwined this idea that he had personal tragedies and memories and these films of the 70s, the M.R. James stuff and mm-hmm. uh, Alan Garner books and like the uh, Children of the Stones and these these kind of ideas relating to the earth you know these yeah i've had that that book has been on my to read list for a little while i mean i need to bump it to the top of the queue yeah it's it's just really interesting that someone just covers all the ground of these these ideas and these films and he goes to the locations and writes about them and he writes about the uh like the houses or the areas just the whole like sort of vibe that led to these creations yeah, and, and the settings and the, the yeah, because that 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 just all heavily ties into the folk idea, really. Even though it's maybe uh, not necessarily folklore, but it's a presence, or there's an idea that there's something that that isn't it, it isn't modern and it isn't like urban. It's the land. Something yeah, something older, something yeah, like yeah. Because, like you know, paganism was more of a lower religion that was kind of grounded in, grounded in its environment rather than you know Christianity, which is about a guy who lives in the sky. So it's more more <laughs> yeah. kind of a media, I guess. It reminds me of like the, uh, there's a there's a novel by a guy called Graham Swift called Waterland, which is about uh, where that's, I'm from. That's what he, he there's a chapter on that in this uh, book. Oh yeah, and it's it's a kind of a historical novel about uh, the time when uh, the the you know East Anglia was you know being reclaimed, but it it also goes back a lot further, and there's like you know witches and stuff in it. And it, mm-hmm. it has it's it's a really good book. It kind of touches on the historical you know industrial revolution and then like pagan times, but it's told it's a story about a a, a guy in contemporary times. So it's kind of one of those kind of epic, epic in scope novels about uh, East Anglia. Yeah. Bringing the idea of the, the land and the environment. Did you uh, watch that film Arcadia as well? I didn't, I couldn't track it down. That would be a BFI thing as well. Cause I think that tied in with a festival. Maybe I think yeah. there was some sort of folk revival of like folk or a, sort of revival idea like in a couple of years ago in London mm-hmm. and I think that might tie in with that but that's basically it's all like stock footage sort of I think there's a bit of pre-war mainly like post-war 
like a lot of fifties, just footage of the countryside and like traditions and things like this, and the way that it kind of gets eroded over the seventies and the eighties, mm-hmm. and then it then it becomes you know factory farming and things on fire and chemical plants and like that's it you know in a way I could see, you could paint that you could see that in those in that frame in that in those terms you know because it is the countryside and it is the kind of the power of the land and yeah. then how it became gradually eroded upon by man you know in cities and uh, development yeah no that's, that's definitely a theme from from Waterland. it's about you know the, the land uh, you know the you know the the land of, that's kind of entwined with this like pagan paganism and uh, primitive religion and spirits and whatnot and how man and the industrial revolution just kind of imposed itself upon the land and kind of you know made made straight canals and level fields for plowing and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. to get onto the uh, the last film in this set of three to discuss would be a film Borderlands, which is more of a it's more of a supernatural sort of good and evil type of film than uh, previous ones, which are a bit more like witchcraft or you know like folk ideas. This one's a more of a haunting, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's more traditional kind of horror. I was going to say in this region, it was the Borderlands, but when I told you about it, it, it came under a different title in america is that right yeah it was called final prayer over here okay, and i actually yeah. got this uh because i found that amazon does a bfi streaming thing over here okay yeah so i thought yeah if i get the bfi thing i'll be able to watch that the other film that you mentioned as well because mm-hmm. uh, it also had borderlands but it didn't have the other film uh but it did have borderlands oh final prayer yeah and uh yeah i actually kind of like final prayer yeah so the do you, do you want to sort of describe the setup of this? Because I think it's like it's more West Country, this, isn't it? It's mostly set around this uh, this little church or chapel. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the chapel at the end of my road when I was a kid. We, it was like a little tiny chapel. Yeah, and it reminded me of that. It also reminded me of the the little the little chapel in Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. It's <laughs> just kind of a little chapel in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But it was, it was a good kind of setting, and it was just about It's like a on a hill of, as well. It's on a little hill as well, isn't it? Yeah, a little kind of yeah. rise in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Well, it looked like the middle of nowhere in the film. It's probably next to a bus stop or something in real life. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, what was it about? It was about a couple of guys from the Catholic Church who whose job it was to record miracles, I guess, so, the, so their findings could be reviewed by the Vatican to make their determination on whether it was a miracle or not. Yeah, they're like an investigation team, aren't they? Like a Yeah, almost almost like a, you know, like a paranormal investigation team like you would see on, you know, numerous shows these days. So you get a lot of like paranormal activity style static shots where you're just kind of looking there and expecting something to happen. Yeah. Uh no, I'm not it, a big it, fan it, of that. Initially but... it's initially it's it's one guy who goes out, isn't it, with a guy filming them and then another guy gets called in because things start getting a bit more serious don't they yeah that's right and it's uh i think this movie has an all-male cast uh i don't it's uh it's it's all a bunch of dudes 
Yeah. And the performances were pretty good. I mean, I think, you know, the first character you meet is this kind of tech guy who's uh, who won't stop talking. Uh, you know, whoever, I don't know who played him, but he seemed pretty naturalistic, yeah. like a lot of guys I grew up with. Uh so, so again, so he shows up, and then one of these guys from the Catholic Church shows up, and he's uh, he's carrying some baggage from somewhere, uh, something that had happened before, I guess, in South America. <laughs> that was like a scene before the credits, uh, yeah. which gets brought up again, and then his boss shows up, and he's berating them all, and he doesn't believe that anything happened in this church, in the middle of nowhere. But they meet the the current pastor, and some weird stuff has been happening in the church, like uh, weird things babies moving. crying and yeah. things moving, and uh, all kinds of nonsense going on. And then it kind of gets weirder from there. There is the, there are like symbols, aren't there? Symbols start appearing. I think that's one. I'm sure there's a a scene where like you know stuff is scratched on walls, or there's some I guess reference to like. Uh, and the the other, or the, it's the priest, isn't it? Because he kind of like he obviously knows something more about the history of whatever's gone on there, because he's the guy that like ends up jumping off the roof, doesn't he? Or this or the spirit gets the guy to kill himself, and that's when it kind of uh, don't know. Yeah. It, really, it really starts ramping up, I think, at that point, doesn't it? Yeah, Father Krellick. I remember his name because he sounds like Father Krilly. I was <laughs> just thinking about Father Ted. Any time anyone mentioned his name. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, it, there were some good, creepy sections in there. Well, like you know, in, in the church, but you know, yeah, there were lots of symbols and some good creepy staples, like you know, doorways to, you know, underground sanctions being hidden away, and yeah, and there's like a, a mystery that was slowly unfolding. Uh, so, so yeah, it was it was good in that you know usually. POV movies, they, they're they pretty much of a, you know, they're telling a simple story. But this was good because there was like an actual narrative here and like, uh, you know, a mystery that got uncovered throughout the throughout the movie. And it ended in kind of a, a nutty place, which I always enjoy. It's pretty bizarre though. I won't, won't kind of give, a, give out the end, but it is a, it's a strange ending, isn't it? It is, yeah, and I, you know, unexpected. Yeah, and I, I kind of like that, you know, when there's nothing worse than a movie kind of trundling along, and you think, you know, you know where it's going to go. Uh, I love it when a movie takes a weirdly crazy left turn at the end, and you're like, what the? And this did that, and I was like, even though, even though it wasn't a great ending, it was. I enjoyed it because it was just so left to field. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It it kind of remind, reminded me of another short story when we were talking about Emma James with the last story, but like a, uh, as a Ramsey Campbell story called Church in the High Street. It kind of it kind of really reminded me of that, and uh, a lot of the the weird stuff that Ramsey Campbell was writing in the seventies were just kind of like you know normal places turn into just like really weird kind of spooky stories. This, this is twenty thirteen as well. This film, so this is a, this kind of. Somewhere in the middle of the other two, yeah. I, I guess unaware of either. Maybe I mean it. Well, it obviously there wouldn't be the one that came later, but uh, it's another one that just sits somewhere that I think people might pass up on or just 
think is another kind of like boring found footage idea or that that genre is kind of done to death with the I think maybe the mainstream or more, more mainstream films possibly ruined it for a lot of like smaller films that were people who, who were doing it on smaller budgets and with less cameras who had to be a bit more inventive than yeah no no for sure because like like I mentioned paranormal activity I, I think those films are really really dull and derivative and but they're huge people still go to see them in the droves but there are there you know there are some exceptions to the to the to the kind of pov rule and uh there's still some pretty good big budget ones like uh there's a movie called as above so below that came out actually it's probably getting pretty old now i really like that film it, it just it it have you seen that film um it's possible but i don't know it's one of those kind of big budget uh, POV films that you would probably just can roll your eyes at, but but you know for me personally I really liked it. It's but it's about a bunch of uh, people who go into the Paris catacombs, and it just takes one crazy left turn after another until the end. And I always I always enjoy it, and I've like watched it about ten times. It's a uh, it's a fun film. I'm just trying to think of other good kind of POV film. Taking a Deborah Logan, that's another good one. I enjoy that. Uh, have you seen that? No. You should you should watch that. So that's a good one. It's it kind of has the same feel as uh, Final Prayer in a way. It's about uh, a bunch of folks making a documentary about like Alzheimer's disease or something. Okay. And they're interviewing this uh, this old lady who who they think I think she I think they think she has Alzheimer's or something. Really good performances from all the cast. I think the lady who plays Deborah Logan's and like it's just like a soap opera actress over here, but she's really good, and it has a really weird twist at the end. So another, you know, POV film that's that doesn't suck. But like like both of those films, I think this is this is uh, another one that doesn't suck. I, I enjoyed this film a lot. Okay. Even even when they went to the end and got eaten by a giant monster, <laughs> which <laughs> spoiler alert, it was just again. Uh, a WTF moment, but I appreciated the the crazy left turn. Yeah. So this, so now you give this a, a good uh, rating as well. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed this one. It's another one of those films that if it was on again, I would probably just watch it. I thought all the all the performances were, were good. Yeah, it, it reminded me of home in some places. Maybe just because it was just a bunch of there was a group of teenagers smoking cigarettes by the bus stop and uh, cursing at you. Yeah. Good. The only the only thing I didn't like was just so many annoying video artifacts and uh, you know screaming at the end and just annoying jump cuts. Yeah, it just seems like just a shortcut to actually telling a story, you know, when you just make have loud noises and jump cuts and video artifacts and screaming. It's like maybe instead of doing that, just try stay on the story. But uh, no, it, it was good. I honestly thought it was, this was pretty good. And you said that the director's still making movies? I think the director has made other films, not horror, supernatural related, but more documentary style, I suppose. Right. Uh, or a real, actual documentary style, not nothing like not a film like this anyway, not a follow up or a yeah, a template following the template of this film. No, I I thought it was good. I thought uh, 
I thought it was it was it was solid. Uh, it's a shame we won't get a sequel. But then again, you know, everyone died at the end, so what are you going to do? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I like you know the kind of like uh, uh, anything to, anything to do with the Catholic Church, you know, investigating mysteries. It always reminds me of The Exorcist, I guess. Yeah, which is like one of my favorite films. So I'll always give it a shot just based on the the premise that uh, you know it's similar to The Exorcist. Yeah, it's maybe not the best way to put across the idea of the folk horror idea. Like via, via film footage, I don't think it works necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think it's kind of it's kind of hard to shoehorn that in there. I mean, I think I think Chromewood gave it a good a good shot, but so much of that, like the second half of that movie, is just is just exposition dumps where it's just the characters are just talking about what they're doing and why they're doing it and. It, yeah, it seems like being POV, someone's got to tell the story and it's always got to be a character. Yeah. Uh, but something like Blair Witch didn't even bother to tell the story. And I think that was better for it. You know, where they just kind of leave it more ambiguous and it's for the audience to to decide what's going on rather than just, you know, labor, labor the points with uh, a lot of dialogue doing the same thing. Yeah. I did uh, think of three uh, Hammer films. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that the this TV series, the Hammer House Horror TV series, is definitely one that's probably got a lot of ideas that maybe are things that relate to this kind of idea of, of, of being isolated and, like, outsiders and, you know, weird shit going on. I remember there was one about like a, an African doll. Yeah, that was fun. That's I think that's oh God. Is that Charlie Boy? I can't remember. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's Charlie Boy. Yeah, weird. I I watched them all a few years ago. Uh, someone bought me the DVD set yeah. for Christmas, and I remember sitting down and watching them all. Yeah, that's cool. Now I, to go back earlier to the kind of pretty well further back before they became. Uh, I guess notorious is would be, I don't know. I really like Hound of the Baskervilles because that's like yeah. 1958, and that fills all the folk aspect as well. I think. Is that the Basil Rathbone one? Well, that one's cool. That no. one's that one's really cool. Now there's a it's Peter Cushion and Christopher Lee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot that. I forgot they made that. Yeah, that's I, I remember one. watching the Basil Rathbone movie, Sherlock Holmes movies because they yeah. had them on on like BBC Two or something. Yeah. But yeah, I need to go back and watch that, the Peter Cushing one. That that's cool. And uh, the Captain Clegg film, uh, nineteen sixty-two, which is like a that's another. He's a kind was a kind of folk hero as well, I suppose. I don't think I've ever seen that. That's kind of a pretty obscure one as well. It's you know kind of all about hiding in the marshes and the mists and like you know, yeah, the community taking you in and then. I guess the whoever it is, soldiers coming after you. I need that, that's always one I've, I've heard about, but I've never actually watched. It makes me think. I'm I, there's so many Hammer films I haven't seen. Yeah, Devil Rides Out is another classic. Devil Rides Out's good. Yeah, yeah. that's got a kind of that's the similar thing that what, what we're going at here. I think. Yeah, it it definitely does. Yeah, it's it's kind of like cultism anyway, and the Satanism and stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, it feels it feels like you know an ancient pagan cult, but they are, they are actually kind of worshiping Satan. So you're like, well, is this is this a folk horror or is this like a supernatural horror? I guess it's got a lot of elements of both. I guess if folk horror and supernatural horror were Venn diagrams, there would be like so much overlap. Yeah, but it's just kind of hard to tell where one begins and one ends. There is a an audio book of uh, Blood on Satan's Claw. Because it's uh, Reese Shearsmith and uh, Mark Gatiss, who, I guess he's the guy who, who brought it back around again, like in his horror documentary series it's about 10 years ago. Because mm-hmm. he mentions the, the the sort of trilogy folk horror, and like that's one of them. And then, the, yeah, this is from a couple of years ago. There's like a, it's almost like a radio play kind of take on the story. That's really yeah. good. I mean, those those two, they know where, they know how to write a good horror kind of scenario. Yeah, no, I always like Blood and Sands Claw, but I always think, is it is it really folk horror? Because you know, it's about, you know, it's about Satan versus Christians. I mean, does it does it fall into like you know that uh, that category of like you know the, the darkness of of the rural? setting and uh, the ancient paganism and whatnot but i don't know maybe it does i think that's the one herald is is like the film because i i always think you know when you when you say folk horror, i always think wicker man first thing i always think that was ground zero 